Hi everyone, Pamela Log here, your host of the Energy Transitions podcast. If you enjoy listening to our bi-weekly podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. This will help us spread the message and connect with our community. Thanks again for listening to the Energy Transitions podcast from Inlet and Friends. In this episode of the Energy Transitions podcast, my colleague Jonathan Spencer-Jones speaks to industry experts at Nokia, Dominique Verhulst, Global Head of Utilities, and Hansen Chan, IP Network's Product Marketing, to find out how IEC 61850 is revolutionizing the utility industry. This episode is brought to you by Nokia, a multinational B2B technology innovation leader in networking. Powered by the research and innovation of Nokia Bell Labs, providing leading end-to-end grid communications and analytics solutions to meet the unique mission-critical needs of power and water utilities and renewable energy. I'm Pamela Larg, and this is the Energy Transitions Podcast. IEC 61850, a foundational stand for the grid of today. When IEC 61850 emerged 20 years ago, the concept of the smart grid was still in the future. And since then, the grids have evolved in a way that few could have imagined. But 20 years on, IEC 61850 remains arguably even more important. And to find out why and what it offers, I'm joined by experts at Nokia, Dominique Verhulst, Global Head of Utilities, and Hansen Chern, IP Network's Product Marketing both with many years of practical experience of its implementation. Welcome, Dominique and Hansen. And I'd like to start by asking, why is IE61850 gaining increasing importance today in the power sector industry landscape? Well, yeah. Hi, Jonathan. Yeah, it's a good question. Actually, uh, IEC61850 is, as you said, it's already 20 years old. So it's not something new. But we've seen 61850 gradually taking up importance with utilities. Certainly after the, uh, the latest release of the standard, it has become, I would say, more complete in the sense that the standard has helped utilities now also take the advantages of 61850 beyond the uh, substation. So it's going across the wide area network now, uh, but it, it brings... Um, a lot of benefits to the utilities, and maybe we can talk about that later, but I would say that the, there's a lot of regulatory pressure uh, on utilities now to bring in more renewables, uh, to, for the, therefore the grid is becoming more dynamic. So all of the uh, older or legacy technologies aren't really fit for that purpose. And talking about legacy technologies, uh, a lot of the, um, uh, telecommunications uh, systems from the past, like Sonnet SDH, have uh, actually reached uh, an end of life or end of support status. Even so, utilities are are now more than ever being forced to to adopt um, newer technologies. And IEC sixty one eight fifty definitely is the first one in line to to take over for for utilities in the substations, but across the uh, the wide area network as well. So I don't know, Hanson, you want to add something to that? 
Yeah, I just want to compliment Dominic with what you just said. With two pictures, right? Picture this. You see more and more electric vehicles, right? With bigger and heavier batteries or longer range and heavy duty vehicles like buses and trucks, right? And then another picture is a long line of wind turbine and solar panels waiting in the interconnection queue, waiting, waiting for their turn to join the, the grid, right? So these tools add a lot of variables, right, to the grid operation, right? So there's a strong need for utility to become agile and adaptable. I think it would be another way to look at why it is gaining so much uh, importance these days. Well, that's, you, you've already started mentioning the, the benefits that IE61850 brings and what specific areas uh, may benefit the most? Well, I, I think that is a key one in, in, in utilities for protection and control. What IEC 61850 does extremely well is uh, it's modeling every component of a power utility substation. And because it's modeled and characterized, um, this is a huge benefit for, for utilities to have uh, a single definition of, uh, of how a particular substation, whether it's in distribution or whether it's in a transmission substation looks like and, and how the components should behave. And then that means that every vendor needs to comply with that standard and you have a much higher degree of uh, interoperability that you can achieve there. So it helps the digital transformation because now more activities can be automated across the, uh, across the utilities domain. So I think those are some of the key benefits that I could definitely see. Besides that, of course, IEC 61850 is based on Ethernet and layer two and layer three protocols, which makes it again, much more future-proof for further evolutions and new capabilities. It's more expandable. It, it can be operated in different types of topologies as well in the substation land, as well as across the wide area network. That That's the, the key benefits that I would see in, in, in different areas of, of the utility. Yeah. Hanson, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, maybe I can expand a little bit on uh, that extensibility, right? I think this is one of, of the most attractive attributes of the standard in my mind, right? Being able to be, to be extensible so you can uh, bring in more capabilities and go into a wider scope, right? It is uh, very important for uh, utilities. And the fact that 61H50 define different models, like on the one hand, you have a vertical communication model, client server, which is perfect for a lot of uh, control logic automation. On the other hand, it also defines a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, communication model, which is perfect like for a lot of protection applications, right? So with this, you have a lot of uh, flexibility for utilities and uh, system vendors to, to innovate, right? To come up with new applications to solve problems that are coming, emerging, right, in the future. I think those are some of the benefits which are really attractive uh, to utilities. 
And, and turning to the deployment then, what, what are some of the key considerations and challenges that utilities should be aware of? Yeah, there, there's a few. And uh, you know, Hanson and I have been working on, uh, on, on this matter already for some time. Um, and uh, um, I certainly see that uh, time synchronization is a very important challenge because uh, it's a benefit that protocols like Goose and sample values are, are very time sensitive and that time distribution becomes quite important in a substation. So and what a lot of utilities are not aware of is that there's ways you can distribute time across the network, the wide area network, towards the local area network in the substation. But obviously, that requires some specific care on how you design topology of synchronization, which, which synchronization mechanisms to use, which ones to probably avoid. And there's also bandwidth considerations because before IEC 61850 and, and depending on how people are implementing it and what sample rate they are uh, selecting for particular use cases, uh, you will see that the need for bandwidth is increasing dramatically uh, compared to older uh, protection and control or, or SCADA systems. And so when you're starting to build rings of substations connected into a, a ring network, then of course, all of that communication gets aggregated across the, uh, the connections between the, uh, the substations. And that could quite easily go beyond a couple of hundreds of, of megabits uh, per second or more than that. So, so those are the things I think are really key considerations that our utilities should be aware of. And there's definitely more stuff. Hansen, that you want to talk about as well. Yeah. When during our discussion with utilities, right, I think one thing I cannot help but notice is that, you know, the, the people layer. 61850, it is a multidisciplinary implementation, right? There is a electrical layer, there is communication layer, right? So you need to have the application teams, whether this is protection, SCADA, grid monitoring, automation, development team, right? And also a, a strong telecom team, right? That can operate networks and uh, provision connectivity, not only in the wide area network with fiber backbone or microwave links, but also extending to the field area network, right? So where the distribution circuit and lateral circuits are and so you may need to have uh, using a wireless network technology or using, you know, gigabit uh, passive optical network technology if those are available, right? And, uh, and also, we also see that a lot of those applications are starting to be operating like in a more cloud environment. So you may also need to involve some kind of uh, cloud networking, data center networking, right? So you see there's a lot of disciplines and expertise requires that you need to have a team, right? That can work together, right? I think this is a very important consideration. Yeah, you make a good point there, Hanson, because I think that indeed I was really thinking along the, uh, the lines of the, uh, the, the fiber network, but yeah, your point on the wireless network is very important because today 
a lot of utilities still use narrowband radio connections towards parts of the grid, certainly the distribution networks. But what we see is that the interest to build uh, private wireless networks uh, on 4G and 5G technologies is increasing. And then again, that really helps uh, utilities to be able to deploy 61850 solutions across that uh, field area network as well. Very well spotted there, uh, Hanson. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, that's, that's, right? that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. You need to have a communication network that itself is also open standard and extensible, right? Otherwise, you are at a cul-de-sac, you know, the technology would be obsoleted. There is no uh, bandwidth capacity for you to grow, to uh, introduce more 61850 applications, right? Then you do this over again, then you just won't work in the long term. Yeah, and, and also the 61850 standards further evolving. Like in the beginning, it was all layer two based. So every service had to be almost like a layer two VLAN in a substation or uh, a VPLS across a wide area network. But we do see the emergence of routed sample values and routed goose, which again are going to be more and more important in distribution networks across a field area network because those wireless networks are natively layer three and, and they, they need routable protocols. So yeah, I, I think these are important considerations. Um, and can you share some insights of successful real world implementation and perhaps, I mean, you've talked about the, the deployment planning, but any particular highlights from the, those implementations that have made them so successful? Yeah, absolutely. Hansen, do you want to take first stab at that? Oh, sure. Yeah. In some of our discussion with utilities, right, I think we see some of the newer applications like RAS, Remedial Action Scheme, uh, or sometimes it is called uh, SPS, Special Protection System, right? That, you know, what it does is it's trying to detect, right, abnormal or some predetermined uh, conditions in the electric grid, and then we take corrective actions, right? So, so these require communication using Google's protocol, right? like uh, Dominic just mentioned, right? Across the, uh, the wide area network, right? That requires very stringent time and delay uh, constraints to be always met, right? So, so we, we see that kind of implementation being done because the backbone network using IP and POS can give the right quality of service and then the necessary quality of service and reliability, right, to meet those requirements. Yeah, so, so uh, centralized remedial action scheme is definitely an example of real use cases we see utilities deploying. Some of our North American customers have actually uh, done that uh, based on Routed goose, but at the same time, we do see some of our customers deploying Blister or fault location isolation and service restoration services using 61850. That's something that in distribution networks is becoming quite important now, and people are doing this in various ways. We see people do that across a, a passive optical fiber infrastructure in the distribution network but sometimes also across a field area network, like a private uh, LTE network, which Hanson talked about earlier. 
so those are a couple of examples of real world examples. Another one was the, the falling conductor protection uh, that we do see as well as quite a key use case built on IEC 61850 that the utilities in California in particular are, are deploying. So yeah, those, those are, I guess, a, a few of the typical examples we are seeing today of, of implementations of 61815. No, I think you bring a very good range of examples. But what I can observe from what you just said, right, is there are a lot of flexibilities in, in choosing what kind of, like, especially in the distribution domain, what kind of network, whether this is a, a fiber-based network, whether this is a wireless network, a private or a, even a commercial service, right? So there are a lot of flexibility, right, for utilities to choose, right, to meet their economic goal at the same time, right, that can also meet their need to, uh, to automate, right, and to make the, the grid more reliable. And, and that presumably works on a geographical basis too. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So then, looking ahead, how how would you see IE sixty one eight fifty continue to evolve as utilities continue their journeys? Well, we we do see uh, IEC sixty one eight fifty gain more traction in in transmission grids as well as distribution grids. As a matter of fact, we do see that even the voltage and the current sensors uh, that people are deploying in substations and typically then present the data to a merging unit to get that combined into a, a single stream of data for of phasers for current and voltage to protection devices that even those uh, voltage sensors and current sensors are becoming IEC 61850 capable. So these sensors are already streaming 61850 data into merging units. Um, and what we do see is that this is happening not only in, in physical merging unit devices, but it also happens into a virtualized uh, merging units. So what we do see is a shift of dedicated hardware with a particular function to 50 based functions that are now running in standard or industrial compute hardware as virtual machines or applications in virtual machines or in containers. And that's definitely something we do see as an evolution that 61850 is enabling because everything is modeled. It, it, it really helps that kind of automation and resiliency capability to be, to be enhanced. That's definitely something I personally see happening more and more now. And there's various vendors actually adopting that, that technology or in today, I see 61850 as, as a key enabler of that evolution. I think the virtualization does not only happen with those IED and merchant units, right? Virtualization is also happening with control software right, the control logic, right, that typically reside in a, in a network operation center, the north, or, uh, you know, in a data center, right. But we see with the, the way developers write software to deliver capabilities faster, right. So 
virtualization of software, whether this is using virtual machines or containers or Kubernetes, are becoming the, the norm, right? So now I think what we see is those applications, systems, right? Whether it is ADMS or PTC, SCADA server, right? They are now going to be packaged and delivered, right? In a, and, and work in a cloud environment. When I say cloud, so it does not really, it's not referred to a destination. It's not about whether it is Azure or AWS or so on, right? It is more about how you, do you consume and configure the compute, right? So those software, I would see them being deployed in a private data center environment, right? In a dedicated zone, right? Because they are mission critical applications. So CT1850, the framework would, would, would have fit that the IEDs virtualized substation in the field, talking to uh, application being virtualized, whether this is container or virtual machine is another question, but they are virtualized, right? In a virtualized cloud environment. So the communications, you know, scope would extend now from the land in a substation to either the fan or the van and now into a OT cloud networking, what we call it OT cloud, right? Because that particular part of compute is dedicated to OT applications, right? So I think we see system H50 would evolve, right? To accommodate this kind of trend of virtualization, whether this is in a substation or in the field or in, in the data center. And how would IEC 61850 fit into other emerging technologies like edge computing and IoT? That's actually a very good question following what Hansen just said, because what we talked about was, you know, IED functions, RTU functions, protection and control, merging units, et cetera, being more and more virtualized, they, these will reside on a, an industrial compute platform at the edge of the network. So in the substation, we will see an increasing need of edge compute capability there in order to enable the, that kind of virtualization and the flexibility that comes with that, because now from your operation center, you could actually spin up a new RT or a new protection function, test that test drive that uh, across the entire network, but a lot of that would actually be done in, in edge compute capability inside each substation. So I don't know, Hanson, if you've got any other, any other ideas yeah. around that. Right. I think uh, like edge computing and IoT, right? So th th those are the technologies. I think that will make 61850 implementation better and stronger. And the way 850 communication was uh, was modeled, right? As I mentioned earlier, so you have the vertical uh, communication model, client and server. You also have the peer-to-peer -peer model, right? So IoT communication between machine to machine, right? So we use the peer-to-peer -peer model and the edge compute, right? Talking to the IoT to is more a client-server model, right? Uh, you have all the control logic near where the action is. So you, you can see 61850 is, uh, is the standard itself was written in a way that is able to accommodate, right? New compute and ICT paradigm 
that the utility are free to introduce, right? As they see fit for a better implementation of the grid application. I think that they fit really well. And again, you reinforce the point that 61850 is extensible, right? So this is not something that is closed, that, you know, that's it. You cannot deploy new uh, technologies, right? Uh, you can continue right, to introduce as you see uh, the, the need to, to, uh, to do so. On that note, I'd like to thank you for your input to the conversation. I mean, it's clear that IEC 61850 has evolved over the past 20 years and it'll continue to do so in the future. So it's clearly future-proofed and will give confidence for those who are going to implement it. So thank you once again, Dominique and Hansen. Thank you.